Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, elderly people, and possibly even mole men. (laughs) (laughs) We're sending this out over the interwebs this week. Once again on Zoom, I am once again the brilliant, the lovely, and the auspiciously handsome Brandon Humerick. And I am the mother of dragons, Taylor. Don't. No. No. Don't. No. You can be the mother of cats. But I don't want to be the mother of cats. You have two of them. I have one, good sir. Uh, My the mother other has the other. Yeah, but they're kind of yours, too. That's true. Yeah, exactly. So. We got a big one this week. We do. That that puppy is thick. Oh yeah. Yes. Big boy. And with the time of day. You hear that? Oh yeah. Had had to smack it a few times. <laughs> like a good loaf of bread to smack this, it. This book is so thick. You could bludgeon someone with it. That book is so thick. It could be a car seat for my dad. This book is so thick, they would worship it in some ancient countries and civilizations. Oh. Because <laughs> they worship the thickness. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you that did not listen to last week's episode, we are talking about Fire and Blood by George R. R. Martin. This is the this is essentially the history of the Targaryen household, which Taylor, I am sorry that I made you do this since you have no background knowledge of Game of Thrones. It is a okay. I definitely tried and I and that's that is the important part of today's lesson. You try things that you don't like and you might actually enjoy it. Did I enjoy it? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something I want to ask. How did you think about how it was written? Because it was written almost as if it was, you know, someone right, like actually someone from that fantasy era writing the history, going back through records and other people's testimonies. Yeah, it was weird. So the I'm also just not a big fan of like, that style of writing how it sounds old Mm -hmm. um it sounds like like i'm reading a history book and i am only a fan of history when it concerns only certain things that aren't history in america so you you like history when it's real history kind of when it's not not fake fake history yeah, when it's fake history, I'm like, okay, it's it's whatever. Like, it's fun if you like that series or book to begin mm-hmm. with. Like, I didn't even watch Game of Thrones, and I know that's very controversial for everybody out there. But it was during the years of my Teen Wolf and Vampire Diaries, and I really had to pick one or the other, man. I picked Vampire Diaries. Well, if you are ever interested, I do own most of the series. 
and you could always borrow it and give it a shot. I really appreciate that. Of course. It is one of those series, though, that you have to pay a lot of attention to. And speaking of attention, this book is just the same. It is 736 pages. It is. It was a big boy. It's it's enormous. Well, one of the chapters, like, because I was reading it on Kindle, and one of the chapters, like, tells you, based on your reading, like, how long it's going to take for you to finish the chapter. And normally, I can get through a good big chapter in like 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. this thing legit told me two hours and like 30 minutes to finish this chapter and i was like oh hell no the chapter on audible the long range harris and alisane policy progeny and pain is two hours 36 minutes and 22 seconds long yeah it's ridiculous the Sons of the Dragon is two hours and four minutes long. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I think I would, it wouldn't have mattered as much if it was like broken down into more chapters. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still going to read two hours worth of stuff. Right. But for me, it's nice to have that break in between where I hit a new <laughs> chapter and I'm like, oh, okay, I can go, go get more water. I can do this. I can do that. I can change locations. Yes. And, or if I'm at work, you know, it's fine. I can go into a meeting. (laughs) Yeah, just go into a meeting and just kind of do your thing there, you know. Uh, Do not mind the crumpling. I'm just opening a bag of chips. Hey, do not (laughs) mind the very loud chewing from the dog that's under the table. It does sound like a a small stampede over there. It really does. And I'm I'm really trying to get this this bone away from her, but she is not having it. (laughs) Well, why don't we go ahead and get into it? This book covers the uh, relocation of the Targaryen household from the freehold of Valeria. That looks like a knife. It looks like a bone knife. It's a bone. <laughs> I finally got it from her. She's pissed, but I got it from her. So I just can't have her loud chewing anymore. So this book, like I was saying, covers the relocation of the Targaryen household from the freehold of Valeria through Aegon's conquest, all the way through the Dance of Dragons, basically from 114 BC to 150 AC. Today, we will be covering about half of this book, which is ironically enough going to be most of those years, but the last 21 years of the book actually take up half of it. So, yeah, it was it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. So let me read the synopsis here. With all of the Fire and Fury fans have come to expect from internationally best-selling author George R.R. R. Martin, this is the first volume of the definitive two-part history of the Targaryens in Westeros. Centuries before the events of A Game of Thrones, House Targaryen, the only family of dragon lords to survive the Doom of Valeria, took up residence on Dragonstone. Fire and Blood begins with the tale of the legendary Aegon the Conqueror, creator of the Iron Throne, and goes to recount the generations of Targaryens who fought to hold that iconic seat all the way up to the civil war that nearly tore the dynasty apart. What really happened during the Dance of Dragons? Why was it so deadly to visit Valeria after the doom? What were Magor the Cruel's worst crimes? What was it like in Westeros when dragons ruled the skies? These are but a few questions answered in this essential chronicle 
as related by the learned maester of the Citadel and featuring more than 80 all new black and white illustrations by uh, artist Doug Wheatley. Readers have glimpsed small parts of this narrative in such volumes as The World in Fire and Ice, but now for the first time, the full tapestry of the Targaryen history is revealed. I liked how you mentioned the illustrations. That was like, when I got to an illustration, I was like, this is the fun part mm-hmm. because it, it let you un- understand like the, you know, what the characters look like, what they, what he imagined. And then like all the dragons. Cause there was a couple like dragon fighting scenes that I liked. And I was like, this would be really cool as an illustration. And then they had it. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Well, if you didn't make it through half the book before this, you didn't even make it to the dance of dragons. Um, it's no, called, it's called the Dance of Dragons, but as the Maester refers to it in the book, it's more along the lines of the Dying of Dragons. But we will get to that part next week because that is a whole mess in itself that's going to take a little bit to explain. So, a an important disclaimer before we begin here: the timeline for Game of Thrones is breaking and broken up into two distinctions. BC and AC. BC standing for before Aegon's conquest, AC standing for after Aegon's conquest. So when I say some years in this, just note when it happened. I mean, you should be able to follow along. So it doesn't have to do with Christ. Does not. It it has to do with Aegon. Yeah, Aegon's conquest. Yes. And that is why he is known as Aegon the Conqueror. Very true. So, but before we can even get to Aegon, let's talk about his believed great-grandfather, Aenor. Lord Aenor Targaryen moved his family to Dragonstone, which was the westernmost outpost of the Valerian Freehold, 12 years before the Doom of Valeria. He did this because of visions that his daughter, uh, Daenys, who would be then known as Daenys the Dreamer, saw. Now, there was 40 dragon lord households in Valeria. The Targaryens were just one of them, and they were not even the strongest. So when they moved to this outpost, they, they were kind of seen as giving up, trying to dominate Valeria. Um, but they moved with all of their slaves, all of their household, a few of their allies, and of course, all of their dragons, all five of them at the time. I liked uh, how they each had like their own dragon. That was pretty cool. Oh yes. I mean at one point at one point there there's a scene where there's probably 15 to 25 dragon riders. Yeah. That are alive at one point. Yeah, that was cool. Um yeah. I mean by the time of Aegon's conquest, there's only three. Uh so uh what ha- took place after the Doom of Valeria, which the Doom of Valeria was essentially the Valerian freehold had an empire all over the continent of Essos. There's two continents, Westeros, where our story takes place, and Essos, which is the easternmost continent. Um, Valeria held, held rule over there, and no one's really sure what caused the doom of Valeria, but essentially all of the... Let's see what I got here. Uh... The Doom of Valeria, often often called the Doom, was a cataclysm of unspecified nature that caused the collapse of of the Valerian Freehold, 
which had prospered for 5,000 years. It occurred a century before Aegon's conquest of Westeros in 102 BC. Spells, knowledge, and recorded history were lost in the doom, and the century of blood followed the disaster. So, yeah. Uh, they say on the day of the doom, every hill for 500 miles exploded, filling the air with ash and smoke and fire, which yeah. killed e- it killed even dragons. Yeah, that I mean, the the history of the fighting scenes and like the first war was was pretty cool. Like I was interested in that. And um, and he's good at explaining. But especially with this book, I got into the part where it was like, if he wanted to quote somebody, it was like they were rumored to say, or, you know, it was like, it was very out of picture, not, you know, first person, how I, how I like it. Correct. Because all of the quotes that he's getting from this are being taken from the records of maesters or septums, sept, septons, septons, septums, septons, or septas, or from diaries and journals of the character themselves um this is essentially the way this is written is by someone looking back like 250 300 years into the past and compiling all of this yeah kind of like their own bible yes Mm -hmm. yes it is a comprehensive history yeah in grade school yeah i mean it it, imagine like if Imagine all the people that have done like shit on like the um, the Kennedy family. The, the Kennedys are honestly probably one of the the closest things I could compare to the Targaryens. That is true. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like someone doing that. Yeah. So. So the doom happens. The Valerians are the only. Or, yeah, the Valerians. The Targaryens are the only Valerian dragon lords to survive the doom because they are on Dragonstone and become the last household of dragon riders in the known world. Yeah, because wasn't this one where they nobody could burn down, you know, their their castle, their household because nothing was basically made out of wood or anything like that. So only certain supplies got ruined, but other than that everything was fine. Is that no, this? No. So um, where Dragonstone is, is actually right off of the coast of Wessos or Wessos, Westeros and across the narrow sea from Essos. So it was the, it was the farthest point away from the Valerian freehold. And I, actually there was the free cities of Essos were once um, essentially colonies of the Valerian Freehold, and they they all survived as well. Volantis, Pentos, Lys, Tyrosh, and Bravos. Yeah, okay. Now I'm caught up. Yeah. So, um, they essentially sat on their island for nearly a hundred years until Tyros, Tyrosh, and Lys came to visit Aegon I, uh, when Volantis was attempting to basically refound the freehold and take over the rest of the free cities, they got him to come and burn the Volantian fleet and put an end to the century of blood that had been taking place in Essos. Once he came back, he turned his eyes westward and thought of conquest. 
So one of the misconceptions about Aegon the First is that he had never visited Westeros before his invasion. But there are reports of him having visited the Arbor and the Citadel, possibly even Lannisport. Uh, years before the conquest, he had even ordered the construction of the Painted Table, which is a massive table that sat in his in his war council room yeah. that showed all of the rivers, hills, castles, and keeps mm-hmm. of Westeros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when Aegon decided that he was going to uh, go with this conquest, he... There was seven kingdoms at that point. There were seven kingdoms of Westeros. You had the Starks, who were the kings in the north, the Arryns, who were the kings of Mountain and Vale, uh, House Hor, which was the king of the Iron Islands and the rivers, uh, the Lannisters, king of the rock, the Gardeners, the king of the reach, the Dun. The Duradans, the Duradans. Yeah. I'm just going to go with Argalac, the the arrogant, <laughs> which was their last king. He was the yeah. Storm King, and then you had the Martells, who were the princes and princesses of Dorne, uh, which is interesting. The Dor- the Dornish have never had a king or a queen, never. No, and I thought that was in- I did think that was interesting. It was yes, it was ruled. Well, it wasn't even ruled. It was like lords, right? Lords and. Well, it it was ruled by by either the prince or princess of Dorne, okay. Which at the time of the of the um, the conquest, that it was uh, Maria Martell. She was the mm-hmm. princess of Dorne. They called her the Sand Toad, or yeah. the the Yellow Toad. She was blind, balding, and over eighty. <laughs> Bless her heart. She had she she. I mean. You really had to put a horrible nickname on top of that that crinkly ass face. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless her heart. I just imagine like just glossy eyes, patches of like hair, and yep. just like moles, <laughs> and Everywhere. like and kind of like this no necked like heavy set old crone, mm-hmm. just sitting there, just like Dawn will never be ruled by dragons. <laughs> we are unbent unbound and unbroken oh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and talk about Aegon's landing so in 2 bc uh Aegon called council with his two sister wives and their banners and decided that it was time for them to invade uh he called his maester and told him to send out ravens to every house, small, large and small, in the Westeros, and tell them that it is time for there to be only one king over Westeros. The seven kingdoms are dead. One king will rule us all, and he is the man to do it. So he told everyone to lay down their arms and bend the knee to him and become subservient or he was going to tear down their homes with blood and fire. Yes, and I'm sorry for that disruption. I am back. It's fine. The so. dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aegon, as well as his two sister wives, mounted their dragons 
and flew for the Blackwater Rush, as well as 1,600 of their own loyal soldiers landed at the, the, the mouth of the Blackwater Rush, which was the river emptying into Blackwater Bay. Um, they On the highest hill that was there, the Aegon started construction of the Aegon Fort, a wooden moat and bailey fort as his first claim to the mainland of Westeros. Uh, at this time, the Targaryens were supported by houses Celtigar, Massey, and Valerian. Um, House Rosby yielded to Rhaenys, Aegon's sister wife, mm-hmm. while House Stokeworth surrendered to Visenya, Aegon's older sister and also his wife. Yeah. Um, I love though in the in this book they before he they talked about his sister like his wives and then meaning that they were sisters like they were his sister or cousin or somehow related. They said how. Um, it was against the law and so sinful for you for it to be incest or um, anything like that. So, and then he had like three wives that were all related. Yeah, I mean, according to the the seven, which is the, the major faith within Westeros, incest is a sin. Anything yep. that comes from it is an abomination. Yep. But the Targaryens for centuries had practiced marrying brother to sister um daughter to uncle son mm-hmm. to aunt things like that yeah. to keep the bloodline pure and that was something that was relatively common within Valeria. so normally Aegon would have married Visenya, his older sister but he said no i'm marrying both of my sisters I'm marrying Visenya and I'm marrying Rhaenys. Like, I don't want just one of my sisters. Mm-hmm. I'll take both. And they, they said, he, they, he said that he cared about them both very deeply, but for every one night that he would stay with Visenya, he would spend yes, 10 yeah. with Rhaenys. He married, but, he married Rhaenys out of, or Visenya out of duty and Rhaenys out of love. Yeah. That was just, how he did it I, so, I just find it really weird like oh and they did they did this a lot yeah a lot mm-hmm. and, and it was like the whole 10 day thing too like okay so you hang out with your one girl on a on a monday so now she doesn't get to see him for the next 10 days no oh, i don't i don't one. think they were meaning it like literally like that they were just saying he spent a lot more time wait he spent more nights with Rainies than he did with Pisenia. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. I'm I'm caught up again. That was yeah. a blonde moment. Yeah, yeah. He he loved both of his sisters, but he he married Rainies because he loved her, and he married Visenya because that was what he was supposed to do. Yeah. So, um, the first test that Aegon had once he uh, landed in Westeros was from Lord Darklin of Duskendale and Lord Mooton of Maidenpool when they joined their forces and marched on them. Um, Aegon sent out his half-brother, best friend and bastard half-brother, Oris Baratheon, uh, to deal with them along with their troops while Aegon mounted Balerion the Black Dread, the largest, oldest, and meanest of all of their dragons. And I loved him. I think Valerian? that was the only 
Uh, that was the only thing I liked was his the big dragon. Yeah. Yeah, Balerion was a good boy. Except, he, he when, was. except when he took Arya and just kind of flew off for a year. That is true, but I yeah. would I would love to give him a treat. Like I, I don't think you understand. You're not big enough to be the treat. You would be the appetizer to the treat. No, I just want to give him a treat. Do you have 50 goats? I can acquire 50 goats. Because that's his treat. I can acquire that. That is way too easy. Think of something harder next time, man. Where are you getting goats? We're in Maryland, not fucking Scotland. I will find them and keep them until I acquire 50. Every goat I see, they're coming with me. Please please do this because I want to see you have just 25 goats roaming around your parents' yard. Do you know how, how fucked up that'd be? They'd get home, dad'd be like, really, Taylor, another goat? It's for the dragon, father. What dragon? Uh, Balerion the Black Dread. Who was Balerion the Black Dread? Father, do you not know anything? <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. So, basically, these two did not stand a chance. Um, the Targaryens pretty much eviscerated them without losing too many men themselves. And all of the swords that all of the swords that were taken from defeated men were sent back to the Aegon fort. Yeah. At this point, no one was Aegon was just like, I want the swords. Give me the swords. swords. I don't know. You don't need to know what I'm going to do with the swords. Just give me the swords. I just want all the swords. Any okay. shape, any size, just that, give me the swords. It's like, okay. I don't so, know why it was like a Jersey accent, but you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, so after both lords were slain, Darklyn's son and Mooton's brother, John Mooton, yielded their castles and swore their swords to House Tar- Targaryen. Um, Queen Visenya placed a Valerian steel circlet studded with rubies on her brother's head, and Queen Rhaenys hailed him as Aegon, first of his name, king of all Westeros, and the shield of his people. And it was at this point that the that the Targaryens unveiled their banner to their their men, because Valerians yeah. did not have banners for their households, um, but all of the houses of Westeros did. And this was kind of a, a message to them, saying like, "Hey, we're one of you now." Yeah, and we're coming for you. Yes. So the next like big event within Aegon's conquest, because this is like a like a probably a three or four year like thing um was when he burned Harrenhal basically Horn the Black or Harn the Black did not want to bend the knee shut himself inside the largest castle in Westeros with all of his sons all of his soldiers and was like yeah stone don't burn motherfucker good luck and he was like oh is that so okay let's try it so Aegon takes his dragon and flies up as high as he can and then comes down out of the morning sun inside the walls of Hall, and melts the stone. He was like, yeah, you're right. Stone does not burn. But do you know what does? The wood that's in there and the grain and mm-hmm. the people. 
Yep. The people burn real good. Real easy. They're yeah. like little toothpicks. <laughs> so they, they said that when, when the castle burned, the five towers started to melt like candles on a birthday cake. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. how they twisted and started to fall. Mm-hmm. And with that, House Whore was eviscerated. Yeah. The river lord, the river lords that had been under uh, Whore in the Black at that point, Har in the Black at that point, um, were put under the lordship of Edmund Tully, Lord of River Run, who then became um, Warden of the Riverlands and Protector of these people. Yeah. The probably one of the biggest points in this outside of the um the field of fire mm-hmm. was the conquest of the stormlands yeah uh while Aegon had dealt with heron hall the greater part of his host crossed the blackwater rush heading south for storm's end which was the capital of the stormlands under the command of oris baratheon with queen rainey's targaryen accompanying him aside Meraxes. While Storm King Argilac Dondarrion, Duradin, not Dondarrion. What am I saying? <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right. No, Dondarrion's another household in the Stormland. It's technically in the Dornish marches, but or marshes, but still. <laughs> um, Argilac Dort, Doradin, Duradin, Duradin. There we go, Duradin. Gathered, yeah, gathered his bannermen to Storm's End. Uh, pirates from the Stepstones raided Cape Wrath, and Dornishmen from the Reds Mountain attacked the Dornish Marches. Lords Errol, Fell, and Buckler, bannermen of Argalac the Arrogant, surprised the advanced elements of Orst Host as they were crossing Windwater, cutting them, cutting down more than a thousand men before retreating back into the trees. Rainey's wasn't going to take that shit. No. Um, she set the entire forest they were hiding on on fire I love and, that. and killed them yep um she were, was brutal she was not as brutal as as visenya no but but she also didn't live as long either yeah so where word of king harns and having reached storms and argilac rode north to meet his foes in the field after being advised through Rainey's reconnaissance, uh, Oris fortified a strong position on the hill south of Bronze Gate and awaited for Argilac Stormlanders. In what became known as the Last Storm, Argilac attacked the Baratheon and Targaryen forces during a howling gale. The Storm King and his knights broke through Oris's center during their third charge, but they faced Queen Rainey's. Meraxes Dragonflyer killed the personal guard of, Ag- of Argilac, who was thrown from his saddle. Oris offered him to yield, but Argilac cursed him instead. After Oris slewed the wounded Storm King in single combat, combat, um, the Stormlanders threw down their swords and fled. Argilac's daughter, Argella, uh, his daughter, Argella, barred the gates of Storm's End and declared herself Storm, Storm Queen. The castle soldiers, however, eventually delivered her to Oris's camp, naked and chained. Uh, Oris took Argella into, like, took the chains off her, 
took her into his tent, clothed her with his own cape, gave her wine and food and spoke to her sweetly. Uh, he then told her about how her father died with honor and ended up taking her as his wife and even shows the words and sigil of her house to honor her father and the former storm kings as house baratheon was born and named lord paramount of the stormlands which also made him lord of storm's end could you imagine though as a even uh, just a regular person but for a woman to go up to someone and be like i'm the storm queen now this is a big move Mm -hmm. like those are big gotta have some some big you know i don't want to say balls because that Mm -hmm. defeats the purpose of feminism but you gotta have big boobs (laughs) to just walk i am the storm queen now bitch yeah i liked that it was a good time so the veil gave up fairly quickly Mm -hmm. um rainy's actually flew the the regent of the Vale at that time, who was the mother to King Arryn, who was only like eight or nine, I believe, at the time, mm-hmm. um, ordered her troops to the Bloody Gate because there was basically one way into the Vale and one way out by ground, and the rest was by sea. Um, the, like, main, what the hell? Oh, the Eyrie. That's what it's called. The Eyrie is the main castle of the Vale. It sits basically at the very top of the highest mountain. Yeah which is very high. It's never been taken by an army. No. Yeah. But what did Rainies do? Rainies flew right past the bloody gate, right past the moon gate, right past the castle halfway up the mountain, and landed in the courtyard of the Eyrie. Um, when Lady Arryn came out with her personal guard, she saw her own son sitting on Rainies's knee. Uh, the two smiled at each other, they spoke softly, and Lord Arryn looked at his mother and said, Can I ride the dragon with the nice lady? <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, lady Arryn brought all three crowns to uh, Rainies, bent the knee, and Rainies took her young son flying on the back of Meraxes thrice. Thrice. Okay. Can I bring up now- <laughs> around the keep? Now that you brought that up, can I say something? So I promised Deanna I would bring this up in this in this episode. The amount of times that this man wrote the word thrice had me giggling because every time I read it, I always it, it my head instantly went to David from Shits Creek. I have asked you thrice now for a towel and it killed me i'm like this man i get it's like the older way of saying like saying things but oh my god i was like how many more times can he say thrice thrice more times a lot it was crazy the veil gave up easily Mm -hmm. stormlands were conquered the riverlands had left their original lord and sworn loyalty to the Targaryens and with House Horgon the Iron Islands was basically up for the taking Mm -hmm. so 
Now you have the Westerlands and the Reach. Yep. Uh, you had Marin the Ninth Gardener, King of the Reach, who ended up forming an alliance with Lauren Lannister, King of the Rock, um, to fight these foreign invaders. Yeah. They gathered the largest army that Westeros has ever seen at 55,000 strong, including over 5,000 knights. Yeah. Um, the, and the two kings began to march. Uh, advised of their coming and his camp besides the god's eye, Aegon gathered his own forces and advanced to meet them. He commanded only one-fifth the men and was able to move more quickly than his, with his host. At the town of Stony Sept, both his queens joined him with their dragons, Rhaenys from Storm's End and Visenya from Crackclaw Point. The two armies came together amongst the wide open plains of the Blackwater Rush. House Gardner commanded the center of the, the Allied army with House Lannister the right and House Oakheart the left. The charge of their knights began to break the Targaryen army, but Aegon and his sisters attacked from the air with their dragons. Over 5,000 died in this field of fire and tens of thousands were wounded. Myrne and all of his kin were mortally wounded from the battle, ending House Gardner, which was one of the longest-lived houses in Westeros. Yeah. Uh, Lauren managed to escape, but he and the Lannister bannermen yielded to Aegon after being captured the following day. Lauren was named Aegon's Warden of the West. Aegon marched for, at once for Highgarden, hoping to secure its surrender. He found the castle in the hands of its steward, Harlan Tyrell, who yielded the castle without a fight and pledged his support to Aegon. In reward, Harlan was granted Highgarden and named Warden of the South, Lord Paramount of the Mander. So just like that, four of the seven kingdoms have now come under four? five of the seven kingdoms have now come under the command of Aegon and his family leaving only the north and Dorne which is funny because it's the southernmost kingdom and the northernmost kingdom yep so Aegon next planned to secure Old Town, the Arbor, and Dorne, but while at Highgarden, he learned of Torn Stark, King of the North, had crossed the neck with the army of Northmen, some 30,000 strong. In response, to Aegon, in response, Aegon and his queens gathered their lords and knights who had already yielded to House Targaryen. When Torn's Northmen reached the Trident, they found a Targaryen host half again their size south of the river, including men from the Reach, Riverlands, Stormlands, and Westerlands. Some nor northern lords wanted to attack, while others wanted to fortify Moat Kaelin. Brandon Snow offered to assassinate the sleeping Targaryen dragons. With Heron Hall the and the Field of Fire in mind, however, Torrin sent Brandon with maesters to negotiate peace. The following day, Torrin Stark himself crossed the Trident and yield, yielded to Aegon, becoming Lord of Winterfell, Warden of the North, and Torrin has subsequently been known since as the King Who Knelt. So this is probably a very stupid question, but you said Brandon Snow. Yes. Obviously, that would be 
the only character that I know the name of from Game of Thrones. It'd be Jon Snow's family ancestor. No. So, yes. So each each region has a different last name for bastards. So, oh, yes. So in the north, bastards get the last name Snow. In I think in the in the Iron Islands, it's Salt. In the Westerlands, it is Pepper Hill. Uh, the Reach, it is Flowers. Hmm. In the Riverlands, it is Waters. And the Stormlands. I know Dorne is sand, and the Stormlands, I cannot remember what the Stormlands are. That's crazy. Yes. So if you hear of a snow or a hill or a flowers uh, or a sand, know that they are bastards. So Jon Snow was a bastard. Correct. He's proposed to be a bastard. Hmm. You know, everybody loves a good bastard. Yes. 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 So, okay. Um, So after the North fell, Aegon was a, went back to old town, um, got the submission of the city and went, basically rode his dragon through the center of the damn town and landed at the starry sept, got blessed by the, essentially the Pope and was crowned rightfully as um, what does it say? Aegon of House Targaryen, first of his name, King of the Andals, the Roinar, and the First Men, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, and Protector of the Realm. Hmm. And this officially marked the beginning of his reign. Interesting. Yes. So, now, and, okay. Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just thinking. I'm uh, um, which which is the one though that only reigned for like only a couple years though. Well, there was a few of them. Yeah. So, and we will begin to talk about them now. Perfect. Um, yes. So, the one you could be thinking of is Magor. Yes. So, yes. Aegon had two children. Um, he had his son, Aenys, and he had his son, Magor. Um, he also had two daughters. Uh, here we go. This is what I need to see. Who are his children? Who are his children? All right. So, motherfucker, where is this at? <laughs> Heir, successor, queen, issue, father, mother. Motherfucker, what the shit is this? Where the children at? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm looking for here. Um, his heir was Aenys the first, who succeeded him, who was his wife. His queen was his queen was Alyssa Valerian. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Um, What? Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, he had two sons. He had um, Aenys and Magor were his Mm -hmm. two sons. Aenys was his successor who succeeded him. 
obviously. Um, he was married to Alyssa Valerian. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, six children. Um, they had a lot. Yes. He ruled from the, t- Anies the first ruled from the time of his father's death. So af- basically after the conquest, there was a few wars with, with Dorne. Um, Anies was actually the child of, of Rhaenys, Um And Rhaenys was killed in the first Dornish war. Um, her dragon was shot in the face with a scorpion, which scorpions fired bolts that are, they're basically steel rods that are about eight foot long. Yeah. That's, from giant crossbows. Doesn't sound uh, uh, pleasant. Yeah. So the, dra- the dragon fell to the earth and killed Rainey's in the process as well. <laughs> so there's a point in this where they talk about the end of the Dornish War. Um, it says the attempted conquest of Dorne was called to an end in 13 AC after a visit from Princess Daria Martell, the daughter of Nymor Martell, the ruling prince of Dorne. Daria mm-hmm. brought the skull of Meraxes and a letter with her, which was given to Aegon. After reading the letter, um, Aegon flew on Beleriand to Dragonstone. He returned the next day and agreed to peace between Dorne and the Seven Kingdoms. So they, they said when Daria gave Aegon this letter, she said, Lord, this is for your eyes only. And they, they were saying that when he read it, his other hand was clenching so hard that it was blood was coming from it. Yeah. But they have no idea what, what was said in that letter. They have no yeah, idea. No, no, nothing. Nobody said anything. Correct. So, and nobody else read it except for him. Cause didn't is, he burn it afterwards? He did. And this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that there is a chance that Vicenia had been still, or not Vicenia, Rainey's may still have been alive, either that or it said of what they did to Rainey's after they found her. Oh, yeah. And they were like, look, if this, if this war doesn't end, this is what we did to your wife, the one that you loved. If yeah. you don't stop this, we will come for your children and do this to them. Yeah. That makes sense, though, because I was wondering, I was like, I hate when people don't tell me what happened. I I just want to know. I know. So. um, The aftermath of of, yeah, that was essentially what happened after that. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, shit. Where did I go wrong here? (laughs) Where did I go wrong? There we go. Okay, I'm back. (laughs) So from 13 AC to 37 AC was what was known as the dragon's peace. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, this was when Aegon was setting up uh, King when basically King's landing was being born where he had set up the Aegon fort uh, as well as he was touring the region, li- meeting the Lords, meeting the ladies and taking these progresses. Yeah. Um, he died in 37 AC at Dragonstone. He had a stroke Mm -hmm. and actually two of his grandchildren were with him when it happened. Uh, When he died, Aenys I took over his reign. So Aenys I, poor Aenys I. Aenys I ruled from 
37, 37 AC to 42 AC, um, which was not, not really that fucking long. Uh, no. He married Alyssa Valerian. They had mm-hmm. six children together. And when he died, um, oh God, he, yeah, he was the son of Rainey's. Um, he didn't do a whole lot with his, like, with his rule. With his rule, yeah. He, yeah. um, his brother kind of fucked some shit up for him. Uh, his brother had been married to this one woman, and I can't fucking find her here. God damn it. Um, he had been married to Cersei Hightower and she died or wasn't giving him children. Um, yeah, she died in 45, but I mean, he took, Magor took six wives. Magor put one of his wives aside and, married another one which went against the faith and yeah Aenys didn't um like basically speak out against it and put a lot of tension into, into some shit mm-hmm. so when Aenys died his what his son Aegon took over um or was supposed to be his heir and Aegon married his sister which was Raina he married his sister Raina Targaryen. Um, now this is the this is um, the one though that could is, not have any children, like as many times as he tried. Right. That was Magor. That was Aenys's brother. So, and I'll get to Magor here in a second. Okay. So, uh, Aegon, who was also known as Aegon the Uncrowned. Mm-hmm. Um, was supposed to be the successor to Aenys. When Aenys died, Aegon and his sister, Rael, um, Reyna, were out on a procession. Um, they had actually been kind of accosted while they were out there because they didn't take their dragons with them because he was not flying a dragon at the time. Um, so they they got accosted by essentially people of the faith. Um, And then when his father died, he went to go back and claim the throne, but his uncle had instead. Magor had. Mm -hmm. So Magor claims the throne. um, Says here that in 42 AC, Aegon and Reyna were trapped at Crack at Crake Hall by members of the faith at the same time Aegon's father King Aenys died on Dragonstone Dowager Queen Visenya brought Prince Magor back from his exile in Essos because Visenya found out and within an hour of of Aenys dying Visenya was flying across because Magor when when Magor took the second wife he was told you can either put this woman aside and go back to your wife or you can go into exile and he chose exile yeah so um, Visenya brought Prince Magor back from his exile in Essos and declared him king. When the poor fellows who had besieged Craig Hall departed to march on King's Landing, Aegon and Reyna fled back to Casterly Rock where Lord Lyman Lannister protected them by extending 
extending guest right. There, Aegon's twin daughters, Arya and Rhaella, were born following in the following year. Uh, at, after Megor's coronation, Aegon found himself abandoned by many people who he once considered his loyal friends throughout the realm. It was whispered that Aegon was a was weak like his father was, pointing out that Aegon had never taken a dragon of his own, whereas Megor had claimed Balerion the Black Dread. Yeah. In 43 AC, while Megor was in Old Town, Reyna and Aegon took note of his long absence from the capital and after a long journey managed to successfully infiltrate King's Landing with several, several companions aiding them, Aegon and Reyna entered one of the city gates in a mule wagon concealed under bags of corn. <laughs> Once in the city, they were given aid by several, uh, further by several collaborators who had grown weary of Megwar's perse persecutions. However, Aegon and Reyna did not seize the Iron Throne as they lacked the strength to hold it. They had come for dragons. Reyna was reunited with Dreamfire, hers, and Aegon finally claimed a dragon, his late father's Mount Quicksilver. The pair left the city on Dragonback so they could raise an army. In 42 AC, Aegon was declared king by his mother Alyssa, mm -hmm. but was becoming known as Aegon the Uncrowned throughout the realm. In 43, Queen Tyanna of the Tower warned Magor that Alyssa was secretly communicating with the Starks, Arryns, and Baratheons, and Lannisters, the great lords, however, would only publicly support Aegon after a victory. Thus, Aegon denounced his uncle as a tyrant and usurper and marched through the Riverlands, leading an army of 15,000 from atop his dragon Quicksilver. Royalist armies marched towards them from three directions. Aegon's army was larger than was larger than one, but the inexperienced young commander did not want to attack and defeat each one separately. During the battle beneath the god's eye, Magor attacked while riding Balerion. The much larger and stronger dragon killed Aegon and Quicksilver, ending the life of Aegon the Uncrowned. Yep. So, now we go to Magor. Yeah. Uh, Magor dealt with the faith militant uprising there was um basically the faith fucking hated him yes they they hated him but i um, i thought they even said though that he had he three he, he, had, he had three wives yeah like he wasn't he, really he wasn't really cursed um but yeah he he just he couldn't i don't know why but he couldn't have sons or he couldn't have children yeah like but i, I think, think he, he had anyway he had three stillborn, stillborn. children yeah three. But even but even in there i'm pretty sure it even said like um like it alluded to the fact that he had like stds and stuff like that too well the last one that the last two that he was supposed to have supposedly Tayana of the tower actually poisoned the mother's children and that's why they came out misshapen malformed one of them even had a set of wings and a tail how i don't even want to know how yeah um yeah. centuries of inbreeding yeah yeah centuries of inbreeding so <laughs> two human centuries of inbreeding a tail and a, and wings um so yeah magor ruled 
um, until 48 AC. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of I think one of the coolest scenes from this book, um, Magor was in King's Landing. Uh, the Faith Militant had basically fortified Visenya's Hill or uh, Rhaenys's Hill, which is where yeah. a, a large sept was. They came down when Magor came into the city at one point. And Magor was like, let's do this the way they did in the old days, seven on seven. Mm-hmm. And we'll just fight it out to the death. Yep. He got seven people to, to volunteer. And basically everyone died except for Magor, who nearly died. Yeah. Who nearly died in the process. Um, and then Tiana of the Tower, this Pentoshi prostitute maybe i'm not entirely sure (laughs) this you know hooker (laughs) (laughs) who was supposedly also a witch yeah she uh she miraculously healed him (laughs) Hmm. so yeah um so he ruled until 48 ac um when he was how did he die because he died oh that's right he 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 tortured one of his brother's children that he had taken yeah. on taken on as a ward that was Viserys the second son um and then one night because he had Alyssa and the other children um of his brother Aenys at Dragonstone Mm-hmm. under under Visenya's watch yeah and one night they were able to flee and they didn't know where they went well they popped up in the stormlands in storm's end um they got the help of the Baratheons they started to march with Jaehaerys Targaryen um as the rightful heir to the throne at that point mm-hmm. um Magor had taken three wives at that point, three more wives, including uh, Reyna Targaryen, who was the wife of Aegon, the yeah. one that, that he had killed and killed his dragon. And they found him one morning when he was like, when they were literally about to like go to war against the Baratheons one night, they found him on the Iron Throne, sliced open, dead. Yeah, he had like uh, a dagger through each wrist. Yeah, and then this, one coming through his neck. They said that he had that somehow because the Iron Throne was made out of all these swords. Somehow the yeah. Iron Throne had cut him open. Yeah. And they were kind of like, oh, that was that was the Iron Throne saying that, you know, he he wasn't worthy of the throne. Mm-hmm. So he died in 48 AC, and his heir was Jaehaerys the first, also known as Jaehaerys the conciliator the person who had the longest fucking reign out of everyone this was the dude who the there was a fucking half the books about like the dance of dragons and afterwards yeah probably a solid third of the book is about this dude because he ruled for 55 years yeah but when did he go into rule how old was he uh when he went into rule he was he was 12 no he was 14 when he was named um like the rightful the rightful king, king. 
he was 14 then. So there was a two-year regency under his mother and under um, the Baratheon, which was... Yep, that's not who I'm thinking of. That's a that's Alison the Good. That's his wife. Um, Viserys the First. That's so not this, who I'm looking at either. Jesus, I'm I'm losing my shit here. So this guy here was we like go. Seventy years old when he died. He was sixty nine. Yeah. Um. Yes. He, da, da, da. Rogar Baratheon, that's who I'm thinking of here. So there was a two-year regency under his mother and Rogar Baratheon. And he was nine and 60 when he died. Hmm. He took the throne in 48 AC and died in 103 AC. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. He ruled for 55 years. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Especially when you think if you want to say that it's like real history where they only live a normal lifespan back then were you know 40 45 if you were lucky yes so it's a long life yes so he married his sister uh alison targaryen Disgusting. And, and they had 13 children and he had seven different heirs because yeah. he lived so long and outlived almost all of his children <laughs> and his wife. How depressing is that? You're like, my dad's <laughs> going to die soon so I can be king. Oh, nope. Now I'm dead. <laughs> uh, Viserys was, was who took over for him. Um, his first heir was Arya Targaryen, which was his niece niece yes mm -hmm. and then he had his first son Aegon Aegon was his heir for a year then Arya Targaryen again then Daenerys Targaryen who was his first daughter mm. uh Daenerys died of the shivers oh. which, which was a disease that swept through the kingdom that actually killed a shitload of people interesting um Daenerys was followed by Aemon Targaryen, who was his second son. Aegon was the was his heir from 55 AC to 92 AC. Um, Aegon, they said that Aemon, Aemon and his younger uh, brother Balin probably would have been two of the better Targaryen kings mm -hmm. if they would have ever made it that far. Um, Aemon ended up being killed essentially on accident. Yeah, uh, he was killed by a crossbow boat that was bolt that was not meant for him. Huh. Um, it was actually meant for the person standing next to him. It killed How him in the city. Shit of aim is that? Yes, it it killed him and it sent his brother Balin into a fury. Yeah. Um, because while they were rivals, they were the best of friends. They were inseparable. Mm -hmm. So, Balin was his sixth heir from 92 AC to 101 AC when Balin died of a burst belly. That's literally what they said, what they called it. It's disgusting. Which led to Viserys taking over. And Viserys was actually one of his grandchildren. Yes. Yeah. So okay. after Balin, he had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine more children, but only two more boys. 
Uh, there was Vagon, who they said was very bookish. Um, yeah. So they actually sent him to the Citadel to become an Archmaester, which he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was uh, Gaiman. Gaiman might have been a boy as well. Yeah, he was a son of Jaehaerys, but he died in the cradle at one yeah. year old. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there was Valerian. And Valerian died very young as well. Yep. One year old. Yeah. So, a lot of people dying. Yes. Um, like very young. Yeah. Uh, Gail was the last child. She also died, died young. Actually, I think she made it into her like late teens or 20s. But so she, they, they said she was kind of simple. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother was like 44 when she had her. And that was also her 13th child. Holy shit. Yes. So she they said she was tricked by like a traveling mummer. And what? yeah, she was seduced by a, a traveling mummer and was got pregnant by this person, had a stillborn, and then walked into the sea and drowned herself. And that was the death of their last job. That makes sense. <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, if you kind of go out, go out with drama. Am I right? Yes. So Jaehaerys, um, while Jaehaerys was king, he was the one that built many roads within the kingdom. He, um, he and his wife um, set about a bunch of new laws. His, whenever they would travel, his wife would hold these women's courts uh, to get the the word of the ladies from the lands yeah and they they ruled as a team though at two points there was uh two incidents called the first quarrel and the second quarrel where they actually did like separate essentially for like two years at a time hmm. mm-hmm. um, and one of those things was actually because of uh their their heir uh their last one kind of like sealed it for them so Alison died. Shit. When did she die? She died at the age of six and six, four and 60 in 100 AC, uh, three years prior to her husband. She was 60 years old. 64. She was four and 60. She was four and 60. That's how they, that's how they said it in the book. She was four and 60. I. Did you not notice earlier when I said that, that Jaehaerys was nine and 60 when he died? Yeah, I did. And I just kind of wrote that off. Um, but I really hate that. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. That is the worst way you can say somebody's age. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that actually frustrates me more now than the actual writing of this book. So um, they, they couldn't really, he did not really know where to go with, with the heir after all of these sons had died for him. So he basically called the, one of the largest gatherings of lords to ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I guess the, in the, the first time that something like this happened where he had to really choose an heir was when he chose Balin. 
his yeah. third son over Amon's first son, or was it Amon's first daughter? Uh, it would have been over, yeah, Amon's daughter, Rainey's. Hmm. Um, they said that even though she was the child of the of the rightful heir, or you know the the rightful king, what they say was the first heir, okay. uh, and in Amon because he was the heir for almost forty years, um, the king still chose Balin. So yes. after Balin died, Jaehaerys didn't know what to do with the with the succession, so he went with gathering all of these lords and basically putting it to a vote. Yeah. Um, I think there was 13 claimants that came out. Um, one of them was even like, I think he had his tongue cut out and was sent to the wall because they said he would, they, yeah. The King himself was like, that son bitch is a liar. Uh, I don't like him anymore. Can he stop talking? Like, can he be, (laughs) Well, he was trying yeah. to say that, that he was a bastard son of the king. And the king was like, yeah, that's not true. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So. That could get you in trouble. Um, they came to Viserys the first. And Viserys was the son. He was the son of Balin. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of going with the daughter... At this point, it was actually between his grandchild, Viserys, who was the son of Balin, and his grandchild, great-grandchild, who was the son of uh, Rhaenys, mm-hmm. who was Aemon's daughter. Yeah. So that kind of set a precedence. Um. Viserys ruled from 103 to 129 AC. He named his heir as uh, Rhaenya, which was his his daughter from his first wife, uh, Emma Arryn. Mm-hmm. And Emma was the daughter of one of... Emma was a grandchild of Jaehaerys as well. Mm-hmm. Like these these family trees get so muddied. Yeah, it's a lot of people because they're it's... marrying fifty thousand times. They're having kids with anybody they can because they Correct. need them there. So mm, his second wife was Alicent uh, Hightower, and Alicent had was the daughter of Jaehaerys's last hand of the king, mm-hmm. who also took care of the king in his ailing years. Um, and there was a lot of tension between Alicent and right, Reina. Yeah. And this is actually there's a new show coming out called The House of Dragon, mm-hmm. and I believe that it is going to start with this, because this oh. is where the this is where the blacks and the greens come into effect. Yeah. And when Viserys dies, uh, the six kingdoms are essentially torn asunder. Um, I believe they said it was at the it was at the marriage of one of the grandchildren. And it may have been at the the marriage of um 
Alicent and Viserys. It could have been at one of the other um, children that there was all of these dragons there. And you could just tell there was a lot of animosity. Um, it is essentially the decision from 92 AC affected the events that would become the dance of dragons or the dying of dragons, yeah. which took place in 129 AC. Yeah, 129 to 134. Yes. Yes. How did I remember that? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Viserys didn't really do a whole lot with his, um, his stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a brother that was a little bit of an issue, and his brother actually plays a very large role in the the um, the Dance of Dragons, and that brother is Damon. Uh, Damon Targaryen is kind of a bastard. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he, he was a hell of a knight. Um, he also flew, which dragon did he fly? Um, he rode Caraxes and he wielded the Valerian blade dark sister. Mm-hmm. Um, he was married to Rhea Royce, um, which then she died, thankfully, to him. And he married Lena Valerian and lived on Driftmark, which was the household of the Valerians, right across Dragonstone from Raina Targaryen, his niece. Yeah. Um, and Raina was actually married to Lyanna's, Lyanna's brother. And when her brother died and Lyanna died, they got together. Um. Yeah, so there was a whole lot of shit that came from that. Um, yeah. Like, just say that like most of the tar, a good chunk of the Targaryen clan was wiped out mm-hmm. during the Dance of Dragons. Yeah. Um, I really don't want to get into it a whole lot this week because I kind of want to get more in depth into it next week because it's so big and there is this show coming out about it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I will get more into the dance of dragons next week. Yeah. That's but, a good idea. I mean, cause you don't want to just stop it. You don't want to stop this episode in the middle of talking about it. And then exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of my plan from the beginning was to do the dance yeah. of dragons next week because it is so in depth. I mean, like I said, I'm so I stopped my audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um and let's see how much more I had to go. I was a little bit into the Dance of the Dragons beginning, um, where they're talking about the blacks and the greens. There's still eleven and a half hours of this book to go. Ooh, that's a lot. And it only covers 21 years of history. Mm-hmm. yeah we just we just we just essentially covered two hundred and forty two hundred and forty three years and I think we did it in a, or 
I say we. I think you did it in a good amount of time. <laughs> there I was covered a lot. The things that we we like could get in depth on we we did kind of with yeah. really Aegon's conquest is the big thing that happens within the beginning of this this this, this book. Yeah. Um there's a lot about Jaharis. Um if if you want to know more about Jaharis, I mean he ruled for 55 years. Get the book, pick it up. Mm-hmm. get the get the audible book it's a it it really is if you're a game of thrones fan it's a great listen um it it answers a lot i think and just gives you more background into the show that you never had prior um, yeah but yeah J- like i said jaharis ruled for 55 years um he he set up a lot of the things in westeros like the the king's road and and a lot of the walls that were taking place, he didn't really fight a whole lot of wars, um, but he he made this when he died. Westeros was a better place than when he took over. Mm-hmm. But the there is there there was a division that I didn't really talk about at the beginning with his between him, his sister, him and his sister, and his mother and Rogar Baratheon because his mother and Rogar wanted to marry. Jaharis to someone else and he had always assumed he was going to marry Alison, his, mm-hmm. his younger sister so yeah. the two of them hopped on their dragons and flew to Dragonstone and said find me a Septon I need a Septon we're getting married right now right now so they got married but then they didn't consummate the marriage because he was like my he was like she's too young for me to do that because he was 14 she was like 12 something like that maybe 13 something like that i don't know so they stayed on dragonstone for two more years while the regency was going on because and and they said that was one of the happiest times of their lives was when they were on dragonstone for those two years waiting for jaharis to turn 16 and become a man and be able to take over the throne Uh, okay so um while that was going on, Rogar Baratheon especially was attempting to figure out how to break them up. This like it hasn't been consummated yet. Like we we have time. We can we can split this marriage apart. Yeah. And they weren't gonna let that happen. So there it's there, there's a whole love story in there with that, and it's beautiful. Chef's kiss. It really is. The section about Jaharis and Alisson and just their rule is one of my favorite parts of this book. I'm actually like when I get to the end of that book and like everyone starts dying, like Jaharis and Alisson and their children, like I I'm sad. Like I'm I'm actually sad about it. Like I feel (laughs) things. Yeah. Like I don't feel that way about anything else in this book outside of the Dance of Dragons. But mm-hmm. like, because you, especially because you've been reading about them or you've been listening about them for so long at that yeah. point, you're connected to them and like, you feel a connection to them. Yeah. So, but this is what, this is honestly one of my, my favorite books. I've listened to this book so many times. See, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I did think from what I've read so far in it, it, it mm-hmm. does it is a good book. I mean, it is very well written. Yeah. Um, just not my cup of, especially because, I, I mean, if it was like the history of one of my favorite shows or, or 
series of, of a book, you know, I'd be all into it, mm-hmm. but. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. I just happened to look at my email for a second and audible sent me a recap of my year so far. So this is from this is from January 1st to today. Okay. April 28th. So far I've pl- pressed play on 23 titles. Hmm. Uh, my longest streak is 7 days in a row. <laughs> and I've listened to 12,090 minutes of book. Holy shit. That's insane, man. Oh my god. That's so insane. I can, I, I, I have now had my audible account for over a year, just over a year. I, mm-hmm. it was about this time last year that I started using audible. Yeah. So let's look at my statistics on here real quick. We'll go to total. <laughs> oh God, that's a lot. All right. I need to break this down into, <laughs> into numbers real quick. Oh God. Uh, right. One. Yeah. Okay. That times that. Uh, okay so i have a total on here i'll read you the total first and then i'll tell you i'll break it down for you i have a total of one month two days 21 hours and 53 minutes total that breaks down into 789 hours and 53 minutes I, I would love to know out of my year, how long I've been reading. That's 47,393 minutes. Good for you, man. I'm proud. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, Person, I mean, cause you just started reading like this last year. So yeah after the divorce yeah so for you to be able to like read that much like and be into it you know 59 titles 59 titles that's awesome and some of them i've read multiple times like this one i've listened to this four times this is my fifth time yeah yeah so so that's why like i said i got that master status (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I think this was a good, a good, uh, a good start for, Oh yeah. Uh, for blood, fire and blood mm-hmm. next week, we will be back and we will be back with essentially the source material for the brand new game of Thrones show coming out this year on HBO called house of dragon. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of dragons. Gonna be a lot of dragons. I'm just like. And then at one part, at one point, there's gonna be a lot of dragon parts because they gonna rip each other up. Oh, thank God! I was like, um, I did not sign up for dragon porn. (laughs) Uh, so you really need you really needed to just big. See, I don't think they like do that. I I don't know. They just kind of like lay. They lay eggs. They lay clutches of eggs. So I don't know if they like lay the eggs and then like the dude dragon comes over and just kind of like, you know, pisses on it or something. And then they're like, <laughs> they're there. But sometimes the eggs turn to stone. So I think oh it kind of has God. to, it has to be like the, the egg needs to be near like the right person or in like the right setting. Oh my God. That's so funny. 
dragon, the male dragon just comes over and just pisses on everything. <laughs> so, I don't think that's how it works, Brandon. I don't know. I don't have chickens. <laughs> or some sort of animal that lays eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh that's god, insane. I'm not not a lizard person. Lizard, I, lizard people. But I do want to thank the mole, the mole men and the crab people for listening to us this week. Uh, crab people. Crab people. Crab people. Crab people. You've, you've never seen that episode of South Park with the crab people? Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Crazy. I'm expecting low. What is your rating for the book? As of right now, <laughs> I would say like 2.1.8. Oh, you gave it higher than what I thought. <laughs> I gave it higher just because just because I'm not into the story as much of the history doesn't mean that it's not good writing. True. So for for that alone, I gave it a higher score. Yeah. Um, yeah. this, this book as a whole, it gets my highest rating that I've given so far outside of our Frita. It is a 4.95. Whoa. Okay. I think I gave a Frita an 11. So, <laughs> but I love that. I love yeah, that you, series. Yeah. You love a, a Frita. But, but this, this is like probably my if it came down to a, a singular book, this is probably my favorite book of all time. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Every like couple months, I'll go back and re-listen to it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, shout outs for the week. Uh, shout out. I'll, I'll, I'll say Kelly. Because you're watching week. her fur children. Because I'm watching her fur ch- child. And um. I'm spending the night at her house. So I'm going to shout out to her for hosting me this week and making me mac and cheese. Oh, very nice. Thank it you, was Kels. Very sweet. Yeah. Claps, claps for Kels. So. And for my, you, good sir. My shout outs are going to go to Jaharis the Conciliator. <laughs> Conciliator. No, I'm joking. No, my, my shout outs... Um, I'm going to send to our Cali crew that are out there right now for Stagecoach. I hope they're safe. I hope they're having fun. Agreed. And I'm also going to send two shout outs to um, my boys from the other show, Andy and Jacob. Yep. Oh, speaking of shout outs that we did last week, did your sister tell you what happened at the engagement party we went to on Saturday? No. So myself and Jacob from the other show were both named best men in our friend's wedding. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. He said like, he couldn't he couldn't choose, so we're both co-best men. Oh, that's really cool. Thank God, because I wouldn't be able to do it by myself, and he said the same thing. <laughs> I mean, you know damn well that Danielle does not trust me for your guys' wedding, um, so Allie is going to have to be a matron of honor as well yeah yeah but but yeah so shout out to jeff for naming jacob and i best men and shout out to andy and jacob and the other show 
the Mr. Relevant podcast. And oh, shit, I just realized the NFL draft's going on. And I should probably pay attention to that because we're doing an episode on it soon. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, my goodness. Um, follow us on Instagram at the Off the Books podcast. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Mr. Humerick. Follow Taylor at tcoff99. TaylorCoff99? TaylorCoff. TaylorCoff99. Yeah, TaylorCoff99. I've, I've been hearing it for enough weeks now. I should know it. I should know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think soon I'm going to be setting up a Facebook page for this, for this show. Uh-huh. Do you want me to do that or you? That's fine if you want to go ahead and do it. I set up one for the other show last week. Then I'll um, do that one. I'll do so this one. Check out our brother sister show, the Mr. Relevant podcast. Um, check us out on Instagram as well. Check us out on Facebook. We got sports shit coming at you kind of weekly. Mm-hmm. But like I say every week, I want to thank all of you for listening to us, for tuning in, and yep. for once again on one of my choices dealing with my absolute nerdness. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've got some interesting ones coming soon. <laughs> I, I gave him a death look, people. <laughs> if it's anything like this, it's a great, great written book. But if it's anything like this, I might have to. It's punch so it. long. Yeah. Now, I don't know what my next one would be. It could be solo leveling. It could be The Last Kingdom, which is the first book in the Saxon stories. We'll um, figure it out yeah there's a couple different ways i could go with it i could just give you the first six volumes of the quintessential quintuplets and say check this out because i don't i haven't really figured out yet i want to do a manga series at one point but i don't know how we're going to do that okay we'll figure it out yeah so that's it for me you got any last things to say t that's it for me too okay well like we always say thank you for listening and remember to keep Keep that that shit shit off the the books That was pretty good. Yeah, I've got an echo. Yeah. I think it's you. It was. You're, you're, you're my echo. Echo, echo, echo. <laughs> All right, y'all. Wish me luck in softball and have a safe week. And thank you for listening. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.